The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. I mean, this is like, this is this is amazing stuff. We're a couple hours removed, and I'm still just freaking out. Uh, but on, honestly, the most important thing that's happening on this podcast is that we get to bring in the official host of the new edition, Hoopball Lakers podcast. The man, the most astute with fruit, the very cherry, the mean green nectarine, Ethan Noroff. What is up, man? What a, is this the best day ever? <laughs> it's got to be up there, and I, and it's not just for the Anthony Davis acquisition. It's the astute with fruit nickname. I, <laughs> I don't know that I've ever had such an honor bestowed upon me. Yeah, I um I shouldn't reveal this part of that, but I was thinking about you in the shower, Ethan, trying to come up with fun nicknames to rhyme with fruits that we'd talked about. And I was like, oh. so I don't know if I, I don't I don't know if I should be concerned or deeply honored. Deeply honored is the correct answer to that, or possibly an interesting and uh, exciting combination of both. <laughs> uh, but when my brain said astute rhymes with fruit, and the rest of my body was like, well, you've done it, Dan. You can retire. Uh, then that was that was a key moment. This was after the Anthony Davis trade broke. Um, but Ethan, I mean, before we even get into the AD stuff. I'm just so excited that you're going to be hosting the uh, the the Hoopball Lakers Redux here. We're bringing it out of the grave, like the old uh, altered beast rise from your grave. And Ethan, you've hey, got man. this thing. That's a nice old school video game reference. Hey man, I'm I'm more I'm more than happy to be leading the charge. You know, I think it's right fit, right time, right person, right place, all the right things sort of aligning and. I- I think that could be the central theme of the Lakers offseason here now that Anthony Davis is uh, unofficially but officially in the purple and gold. And, you know, I mean, we've we've been talking about Lakers for a long time. And, you know, I grew up on uh, Kobe's Lakers and, uh, you know, watching Kobe and Shaq and all the success that those guys had together, the uh, the trade demand that wasn't and everything that's gone on since then, obviously, you know, from Kobe's Achilles tear to the end of his career and now to the present-day Lakers that uh, should certainly be a lot more interesting than any other team in recent memory. So I'm excited about it, and uh, the Lakers uh, offseason is officially uh, underway, I would say. Uh, do you think Do you think this trade was like was agreed upon two days ago and Adam Silver basically begged them not to announce it until the finals were over? 
You know, it's interesting because we haven't heard a lot of uh, updates, right? And, and it feels like at every stage uh, of this negotiation, going back to before the trade deadline even, we heard a leak from one side or the other in terms of what was going to happen next, what players might be included, yada, yada. So when we hadn't heard anything for the last couple of days, few days, you know, I think most people were kind of wondering like, okay, is it stagnating or is there something done and they're just waiting to announce it? And it certainly feels like there there could have been an agreement before today, but there was a report out there, I believe it was Brad uh, Brad Turner of the uh, LA Times might have been, that uh, the phone call wasn't even returned. So David Griffin wasn't even returning Rob Palenka's phone calls, and it took, uh, I think, a fourth phone call to finally get uh, the two guys back on the phone together. So I don't know what pushed it across the finish line because from everything that we had heard, it was, you know, Brandon Ingram was a potential option. Josh Hart was included. Lonzo Ball was included. We knew the number four pick was on the table. And perhaps it was uh, that third first-round pick and, you know, the right to swap all these future first-round picks. We can get into that a little bit as well. Uh, maybe that was the final haggling point. But I think the major tenants of this grade, might, uh, the trade, I should say, might have been agreed upon a couple of days ago like you uh, like you hinted to there. I don't know. I, I just sometimes I like to throw on my, my tinfoil hat and try to get a feel for it. I mean – uh, I don't even know. Well, where I mean, I mean, if you if you look at it like this, right? The Lakers basically gave up six first round picks for Anthony Davis. Oh yeah, right? so they let's go through. Three, let's go through the, the final the, numbers here. What what you sent me a, the the Tim Bontemps tweet before we went on air? What's in yeah, that? Yeah. So so you know the Lakers gave up the number four pick, obviously in Thursday's draft. That's you know 2019 draft. Then they gave up a top eight protected first rounder in 2021, and if that doesn't convert it becomes unprotected in 2022 so that's two first round picks there then they gave up the third pick that they gave up was an unprotected first round pick in 2024 okay but then the lakers or i should say that the pelicans also have the right to swap picks with the lakers uh, in a couple of years as well so they have an unprotected swap in 2023 and an unprotected swap in uh, 2025 now that there's no guarantee behind those swaps right those could wind up meaning nothing but right now it's nice for the pelicans to have optionality so i can understand why that was a target and after seeing all the details that came out including the six first round picks for anthony davis not including the swaps right the three future first round picks Plus, obviously, Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, they're all first-round picks. So that's where you get the sixth number from. And looking at the pick swaps included with that, you know, the Anthony Davis trade, Hall, it's a, it's a good one. I mean, David Griffin did basically, I think, as well as he could have under the circumstances, right? But it really looks like far more than on paper than it is in reality. And I think for the Lakers, you know, you you must have some pretty good reassurances from the Anthony Davis camp that he's planning to be there for the long term. I don't think you make this trade without a uh, as much of a guarantee as you could get at this stage of the game. Yeah, I think a pretty good season now pretty, pretty much guarantees that he's a Laker until about 2024 at the very least, right? I mean, like if they right. if this is not a complete disaster, which man, it'd be hard for it to be a complete disaster without terrible injuries. Uh right. then right. he's already said he wants to be a Laker, he wants to be in LA. Uh, if he gets along fine with LeBron and if the Lakers bring in someone else, and then you know there's going to be the whole, you know, the old man traveling caravan that'll show up at and some we, point. And, right, and we already know he gets along fine with LeBron, right? We know that the two guys are from the same camp. And all this garbage about, oh, the Lakers gave up, right? This is my favorite criticism of this trade so far. The same people who are criticizing Lakers for giving up too much 
two months ago, three months ago, even going back to the trade deadline, the Lakers didn't have enough to put a competitive offer on the table. So so a few months ago, it was the Lakers don't have enough to put a competitive offer on the table. Now it's, oh, the Lakers got fleeced. They gave up too much, right? And from the same person. That's one of my favorites. The other thing is the comparison to the Nets Celtics trade with Billy King. And look, I understand the price point is maybe the origin of the comparison, but when you're talking about Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett being on the wrong side of 35 and Anthony Davis literally being 26 years old, it's not even a comparison. No, it's not a comparison at all. The Nets were buying like maybe two years of relevant. What did it end up being? Were they, they were okay for like two seasons after that, right? But not even. It was really one year of relevance, and then it fell off of a cliff real quick. Yeah, there's no cliff here. If Anthony Davis re-signs, the Lakers will be at worst a middle-of-the-pack team, and if they get another max guy... And the guy that I was talking about with Brew is Kemba. You and I mentioned him as well. He's a perfect fit. An AD Kemba team for the next four or five years is a competitive playoff team. So, you know, it's not like where the Nets were giving up. I mean, they were the worst team in the NBA for a couple of years there. They were giving away top three, top four picks. This is, I think, at the very worst for the Lakers, they're giving away like the 20th pick in the draft, right? I mean, there's the 25th, I guess, 2025, 2024, 2025 is when you're kind of like, ah, well, you know, I don't know what they're going to be like. That's five, six years down the line. But outside of the number four pick coming up now, the stuff going on after that, at least in the short term, those are not going to be particularly high draft picks. So I'm, I get it. It's a lot of stuff happening but none of that stuff is guaranteed to be anything close to what Anthony Davis is right now. That's my feeling. Yeah, there's no question. No, no, there's no question. And I think basically as long as you can build a competitive and balanced team around Anthony Davis, assuming that he does resign, which we all assume is the you know, foregone conclusion, for lack of a better way to say it at this point, you're going to be relevant. Those picks aren't going to be uh, these super valuable picks that everybody's hyping them up to be. And I think, look, if you're the Pelicans, right, you just acquired, not only did you just acquire Brandon Ingram, who you're going to have to pay a substantial amount of money to to kind of start your rebuild after this uh, upcoming season concludes. So in the summer of 2020, the Pelicans are looking at, you know, a payday for Brandon Ingram. And on top of that, Lonzo Balls do uh, the year after for a contract himself. So when, so when you have those types of decisions on the table, I feel like you want as much contractual optionality and flexibility as you can over other assets. But I think the Pelicans made a statement with this trade, which was, look, we're not trying to take the Kawhi, the Kawhi route where we get an established all-star and established player. We're looking for greater flexibility and greater optionality as David Griffin looks to build this team and his vision. And I think all things considered, that's the right move to make. I personally will miss watching Brandon Ingram play basketball in a Lakers jersey. I do think he's worth investing in. He's still only 21 years old, and the thought of him with Zion Williamson and Lonzo Ball and maybe the number four pick if they don't flip that, you know, it's it's enticing for sure. And I think that's what the Pelicans can kind of move forward with and sell the idea of, you know, the uncertainty but also the excitement of what the future holds. I think one of the real interesting keys to a deal like this is is the fact that people are so split on it. Doesn't that tell you that it actually is probably kind of an okay trade for both sides? Yeah, and and I think think that's my biggest takeaway of it is it it feels like a fair deal because as as somebody who, you know, has followed the Lakers and really has such a – such a Brandon Ingram guy. I mean, let's not hide it, right? I've been very vocal about that. 
I just feel as if the Lakers really, they had to give something to get something, right? That, that's the idea of a trade. You give something of value to get something of value. And one team thinks that they, you know, they acquire a piece or, or an asset that's a better fit than the other. But the reality is that a trade should be balanced for both sides. And, and that's what it feels like for both of these franchises. Now, you know, if the Anthony Davis bidding was truly open to the entire league, then could the Pelicans have gotten a better deal somewhere else? Well, that's debatable until, you know, next Tuesday and we're all blue in the face. But the reality is there were only a certain amount of teams that were willing to engage because Anthony Davis has made his stance very public about free agency and where he might or may not sign an extension. And I think when you're looking at the teams that were truly in the mix, if the Celtics were unwilling to give up Jason Tatum, that took them out of the conversation really quickly. And you look up and down the New York Knicks roster and there just isn't a whole lot to offer there. So when you look at those two teams kind of being out of the mix for those two reasons and you look back at the Lakers, I think to be able to extract Brandon Ingram to be able to extract Lonzo Ball and to have that number four pick that you can either use to pair someone with Zion Williamson in the upcoming class or use to acquire another established player it it gives the Pelicans the uh, the option to build something competitive in a Western Conference that could be a little bit more open than expected next season and obviously with Clay Thompson and Kevin Durant both suffering those injuries and you know for the Lakers not only did signing LeBron last summer expedite their timeline but I think with the injuries to Clay and KD they kind of have to push their chips all into the middle of the table right now, right? Doesn't next season feel like their best time to go yep. after one if they're going to go after it with LeBron? Absolutely. And the events of the last week have really given the Lakers, I think, the the confidence that they needed to, to make this extra push. You were talking about basically who is involved in this, uh, in the bidding war. And that was something that I was tracking, uh, I thought, I thought I actually did an okay job of kind of tracking what all the leaks meant earlier this week. It was on, I think, a Wednesday or a Thursday where we started to see more stuff coming out. But the KD injury, to me, kind of took New York out of the mix because their goal was going to be sign Kevin Durant, possibly make a big swing for Anthony Davis. Then you got your two guys you could pair together. If you get another Max guy, even better. But it doesn't necessarily have to take shape. Once KD got hurt... Even if New York signs him for the the max they can offer him now, their best move is to tank one more year. That's So there's no point in making the big swing for Anthony Davis. The, the move would be to look at someone else. The Nets moving guys around to clear room to sign Kyrie Irving and possibly sign another free agent. It didn't make a ton of sense for them to part with a ton of stuff for Anthony Davis. We've heard the Clippers, they're basically going for the free agents or they're going to wait two years and make another big swing. All of these teams, and I haven't talked about Boston yet, all these teams that could have been uh, in a bidding war with the Lakers, things were happening in real life that were kind of knocking them out of the picture. It was this... It was this beautiful confluence, if you were the Lakers front office, where you're like, okay, no longer bidding against the Nets, no longer bidding against the Knicks, no longer bidding against the Clippers, uh, only really bidding against the Celtics. And then when Kyrie Irving uh, just kept leaking over and over again, I'm going to Brooklyn, like Woj tweeted it. He's he's set on signing with Brooklyn, and then he signs with Rock Nation Sports. He's basically just tipping all all of his hand without actually coming out and saying it because, you know, you can't for 15 more days. That, to me, was sort of them saying, or Kyrie almost pushing the Celtics out of the picture as well. All of these little things that happened left only the Lakers. And then it was just a matter of time and how many things got into the deal and whether or not the Pelicans would actually pull the trigger on this thing. 
I was still surprised that it happened today of all days. Either way, though, it really felt like a lot of things fell into the Lakers' lap. The higher pick, all these other teams disappearing. That's a that's an awesome set of circumstances, and they got AD out of it. I'm I'm just thrilled. Oh, I'm so thrilled. Oh, of course, and if you're the Lakers, right, you're really Brandon Ingram is an asset that that hurts you to give up. Right, but you're getting Anthony Davis. Lonzo Ball's been on the chopping block for a while. I don't think that's any secret. Which is the a shame, by the way, because I actually really like Lonzo Ball. For by the way, right. I, I'm I'm in the ball camp for whatever that's worth. I, I love his defense. I love his passing. He can't shoot, but anyway, sorry. Continue. Right. No. 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 I mean, look. There's certain. There are certain aspects of the game that he definitely brings to the table. He's a good rebounding guard. Defensively, he's active. Uh, he can be a really good passer. He can execute the fast break well at times, but the shooting really limits his upside and makes him almost a liability in certain lineups. And the Lakers, a team that had a dearth of shooting to start with, you know, that didn't exactly uh, hide Lonzo out there, shall we say. He was actually one of their better three-point shooters, so take that for what it's worth. But I think there's no secret that the Lakers were, you know, more than happy to move on if the opportunity presented itself. The number four pick, as you just said, is house money. They That's something they never expected to wind up with. They kept Kuzma out of the deal. And as far as the future first-round picks, of, of course they have value, but the Lakers are going to worry about tomorrow, tomorrow. I mean, you have the chance to pair LeBron with Anthony Davis and another uh, max free agent. That's, that's the path you pursue, given where LeBron is and where this team is in its timeline. And, you know, there's been some conversation about whether or not the Lakers should pursue that third max free agent or if they should split their money up a little bit and sign, you know, a number of guys, maybe two or three different guys. And if I have a vote in it, it's this, you know, sign that third guy because there are so many teams with cap space this summer. It's going to pump up the market for those middle class guys and it's going to pay them a little bit more than probably what we'd feel comfortable with. Right. I'm reminded of the summer where Chris Humphreys got $12 million a year and everybody said, wow, really? That's kind of expensive. (laughs) And so I would rather invest the money, you know, if I'm the Lakers and they're letting me spend their million of dollars i'd rather invest it in kemba walker i i would say you know two things about kemba walker is one is he is a, a really nice fit but the other is it's going to take a lot for him to leave charlotte you know that's a situation that's near and dear to his heart for obvious reasons and i would say kyrie irving and it and you know i think that the lebron stuff is sort of overblown i think they would be happy to play together again quite honestly especially if it meant anthony davis in the mix but with all this stuff about the Nets, it just feels like he's going to Brooklyn. And I just want to add this one really fun detail, right? Brett Yormark is the chief executive officer of the Brooklyn Nets. Well, I don't know how many people know this. Something I just learned, his brother, I think it might even be his twin brother, Michael hmm. Yormark, is actually the president of Rock Nation Sports. So <laughs> That's unbelievable. I love it. I love it. Everything is connected. So, so if you're so look, if you're the Lakers, I think Kemba Walker makes a lot of sense. You know, there's been a lot of conversation about Jimmy Butler being a potential target. Yeah, who would I you want out of that? Out of that group, yeah. who would you want? Yeah, I look from a from a fit standpoint, I feel like Kemba Walker is a better fit only because obviously the Lakers do need a point guard now after moving on from Lonzo Ball. And they need shooting, which at least Kemba Walker can do serviceably. Jimmy Butler can score the basketball, but I wouldn't call him a shooter by any standpoint. Defensively, he would bring something to the lineup that's certainly going to be lost with Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball both both moving on to New Orleans. But I just feel like of the two, Kemba Walker would be the one that gets the vote for me. Yeah, I'm with you on Kemba, and a lot of it for me is just is mileage. Um, 
Kemba, I know that yeah. he's, he plays a lot Definitely. of minutes in the regular season. He's pro- proven himself to be relatively durable. But Jimmy Butler, with all those years under Tibbs, you just, oh, that 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 crushes my soul. I, I do like that Butler has shown an ability to step up in big moments. But just in terms of, of fit and, I mean, I can't even really say age because he's not that much older, but just the, the tread, the tread. They've already got AD and LeBron on this team. You can't really afford to have somebody else who's either old or gets banged up a lot. You need somebody that's going to be out there. Uh, you know, if you had to go the other way, I guess maybe before we even get into the max stuff, we almost have to answer the question, what do you prefer doing with the 28 or $33 million the Lakers are going to have here? Do you go get three $11 million guys? you go get one big-name guy? Uh, and then sort of round it out with veterans minimums, and I think you have like a mid-level exception you can toss in there. I'm inclined to say go the max route, but I'm curious what you think on that one. Yeah, no, just like I was just alluding to a few minutes ago, you got to go with the max guy okay. because there are so many teams with cap space. I just feel like that middle class is going to get so inflated and you're going to wind up paying over the top for guys that really don't improve the ceiling of your team, right? We've seen in this NBA, I mean, especially in the Western Conference, you need a combination of stars in order to survive, let alone advance. And so for Lakers, yes, LeBron James and Anthony Davis is an excellent start. But as we saw this season, LeBron is definitely a human being. And Anthony Davis, as we know, tends to go to the locker room every other night. That is the downside <laughs> of this trade, right? So they need someone who is durable, who they can rely on. You know, if LeBron and Anthony Davis need to both take a seat on the bench simultaneously, that they can have somebody out there who can actually run the offense, be capable, et cetera, et cetera. For me, that's the reason I tend to gravitate toward a guy like Kemba Walker. But something inside of me still says Walker's going to have a tough time leaving Charlotte. And if that's the case, then, you know, maybe Jimmy Butler becomes more into focus. But I agree with you. The wear and tear on him is certainly a concern. So that's where I would really put the full, the full emphasis on point guard at this at this juncture, only because I think the Lakers also want to limit the wear and tear on LeBron in terms of his not responsibilities on offense. Obviously, he's going to carry the team along with Anthony Davis. But I think they want to limit, you know, how much um, – he has the ball in his hands, at least by default. You know, they want to have other options out there. Those last two picks in the trade uh, and looking and kind of pulling the numbers up in my head, I feel like, so I'm fairly certain LeBron's contract ends at, uh, in the summer of 2022, correct? Three more years. Uh, he's got, or two more yeah, years in a player. He's got option. three. He, well, well, he's got three more years, but the last year is a player option. So, right. so if he, so if he exercises that player option, which at forty-one million dollars, and at, at that point in his career, he'll be what 36, 37, 38, well, however old he is on the backside of thirty-five. That feels like a player option that's likely to get exercised, right? right. I, I mean, I think I, so, he is yeah. the LeBron James, so a team, a team can definitely, you know, sign him at an inflated number. But yeah, after this year, you're talking about 2022 being uh, a free agent, assuming he exercises that option. Uh, so then, Anthony Davis would be offered, I believe, what a four-year extension after this season, or could they? Here's one thing I don't know: can they offer him five because then they'd have had him for a year, or is it just four? Do we know? I'm not certain. Not not positive. I want to say five, but I'm not positive. Okay. And then Kemba, this this season would be four. They'd start him now, and it would be four years, I think, right? Because he's not on the books. Correct. Okay. Yes, that's correct. So that contract would end uh, in the summer of 2023, AD potentially either 2024 or 2025. That's the one that we're not 100% sure on right now. 
Uh, you sort of mm-hmm. you get a little bit why these pick swaps down the line are a little bit more interesting. But the thing sure. that the, the thing that I keep coming back to as a reason to not be as concerned is if the Lakers really can give AD, even if it's four years, that gets him through 2024, 2025 pick swap would be the one that I'm I'm not positive on. I have to believe, though, and maybe the Lakers feel the same way, even if LeBron, you know, he's, like you said, he'll be getting a little bit older at that point. Uh, if AD's around, well, the Lakers, if Kemba's around... The late, the late. The Lakers will also have Kyle Kuzma, remember. I feel like that's a guy that they're going to look to re-sign when his contract is up uh, in the summer of 2021. You know, So Kuzma's a guy who could extend that window a little bit, assuming he continues to improve as well. And LeBron's 40-some-odd million dollars coming off the books in the summer of 2022. If you have Anthony Davis on your roster and Kemba Walker on your roster, you're probably going to have a little bit of gravity to use that $40 million on something half-decent. I have to imagine Without that's what the question. Lakers are thinking, and that's why they're not that worried about this stuff. Without question. I mean, just the fact that they have Anthony Davis on their roster right now. I mean, literally, if you look up and down the Lakers roster, it's Isaac Bonga, Mo <laughs> Wagner, yep. Kyle Kuzma, AD, and LeBron. That's it. That's it. That's, that's the what? team right now. Did you just but say five? Fact- that was five hey, names, right? Did you say five names? Uh, let's see. Yeah, five guys. That's that's the five. Okay, but but the but the but the reality is the fact that two of those five are Anthony Davis and LeBron James really changes the trajectory of what the Lakers can now do. Sure does. Sure does. Here's the names I don't know. So uh, I have another question that I feel like I need to hit someone in the in the contract world with uh, a guy like a Reggie Bullock who they traded for this year. Can they not bring him back and go over the salary cap because he was already on the team? Can't they use some sort of bird? I don't know if I'm using that properly, but I feel like he's a guy they could bring back and it doesn't, and it's not the the salary cap. It's not the hard cap issue. Right, right, right. They pay luxury tax on it. That, I mean, that issue would pop up, but you got to believe they're willing to spend for a shooter. I think that uh, the Lakers do have Bullock's bird rights. I'm not positive, but I think that they do. But regardless, I feel like that that type of player is going to be perfect. Further down, yeah, it'd be a good fit without question. But I feel like further down the line, and what the Lakers are going to do this summer, yeah, they, you they have the guy. to get that third piece in place before they think about anything complimentary. Because once they get that third piece in place, you can have veteran guys who look at the Lakers and the opportunity in the Western Conference, given again what happened to Clay and KD with the Warriors this year and be willing to join the Lakers on a steep discount like we've seen in a number of other situations mm-hmm. before. So I feel like the Lakers aren't going to bid against themselves in that way. And I think they really have to get out in front of the free agent market and any free agent meeting that the Lakers have at this point to be able to walk in with LeBron James and Anthony Davis instead of just LeBron James. And I know how that sounds because LeBron James is obviously still LeBron James, but it is so much more convincing. And and while we're on this topic, you know, just a matter of mo- minutes ago, LeBron James posted a nice Photoshop pictures, picture of he and Anthony Davis together in Laker uniforms. Oh. A- AD on the way. Let's get <laughs> it, bro. Just the beginning. Oh. So you so you have to think that there is definitely more to come here. Ethan, you and LeBron are going to make me have to change my pants on the podcast here. This is too oh much. Oh my goodness. Oh, this is amazing. I love it. Are you sure are you sure it's not the good fruit tips I've been giving you and it's, <laughs> it's making you run to the People love often? the fruit tips, man. Have you done any fruit shopping over the last 6 days? 
Man, it's it's been a little bit of a dry spell because I had to go on a camping trip with uh, some of my students. So didn't get to the market, unfortunately, last weekend. But Father's Day around the corner, and uh, Dad and I have big plans to meet up at the farmer's market. So there, there will be stories to tell. There you go. Loving it. We'll get we'll we'll get you know, more fruit. Tips. I will. I, there was there there was a there was a demand. There was a demand. I will say for a double dose of fruit. So here's what I can give the people: if you're going to have a white peach, make sure it is of the saucer or donut variety. And if you are going to have one exotic type of hybrid fruit this summer, make sure it is the cherry. Um, you can thank me later. Mm, the fruit minute with the great Ethan Noroff. Uh any other thoughts on this whole process? I mean, I'm just, I'm like, I'm champing at the bit here for July 30th or June 30th. Sorry, it's it's three in the afternoon on the Pacific Coast. This go around, they finally moved it up by uh, six hours, and it's, oh man, I just, I cannot wait. Free agency's been amazing. All this AD stuff has been amazing, and I, as a Laker fan, forget the fantasy side of things. Mm-hmm. We have plenty of time to talk about that. As a Laker fan, I'm just. I'm so amped up. And I, I've seen people tweeting like, what if they don't get a third guy? Are you kidding? Like, what? who can? Who else? The Raptors are the only other team that can walk into a room. I mean, Kawhi's probably going back there, but let's say he doesn't. They're, they're basically the only other team that can walk into a room and be like, join us and you will be victorious. Yeah, and, and I mean, and I just think the reality is with the Lakers right now, because they have, again, because you have AD and LeBron to put on the table. I mean, that is the type of pairing that a lot of free agents, I mean, really a lot of players look at and say, on any given night, those two guys could literally beat our entire team. Yep. So if if that's the case, and you have to assume that, you know, and you throw Kyle Kuzma in there, right? And by the way, that's sort of a big front line when you really think about it. With LeBron's strength, Kuzma's size and AD's size and athleticism, the Lakers all of a sudden have some really solid length up front. So if they can get some uh, shooting, some not consistent shooting on the perimeter and some consistent perimeter defense, either from those same uh, three-point shooters or from other defensive specialists, then that's what you're really talking about. And the point guard, to me, again, seems like the missing puzzle piece here. And, and once that's clicked into the picture, things come a lot more into focus. If the Lakers get Kemba, and that's the guy that they're targeting right now, and they can focus, they can bring back a guy like a Reggie Bullock. He could be the starting two, frankly, on this team. They could just have be a gigantic roster. I still think that Anthony Davis is going to want the Lakers to sign some like robust-bodied center so that he can play power forward against the guys like the Drummonds of the league just so he doesn't get, his, get knocked around. Because he is a guy that gets beat up a little bit. There has to be... I don't know where the money comes from for some of this stuff. I saw uh, Dwayne Dedman, Danny Green. These are names that are getting thrown around already as, as sort of the peripheral pieces. But if you're trying to make a guy happy... One of the things that we know AD does not like to do is bang with the biggest, strongest dudes in the NBA. So they kind of got to save some money for a round-bodied center. Uh, they got to make sure that they've got a shooting guard spot situated. And then it's going to be the caravan, right? It's going to be all the 35-year-olds that can shoot that want to win a championship. That part, I think, sorts itself out. Can the Lakers bring back like an Alex Caruso? I'd love for him to be the backup point guard on this team. I think I think a guy like that will definitely get an opportunity to have that role, especially given how this team is going to have to be constructed. And as shooting guard, you know, a name I've been kicking around in my head, he's gotten paid on one-year contracts last two years with the Sixers, and he probably wants to stay there, all things considered, but the Sixers have Tobias Harris and Jimmy Butler to worry about. 
man, JJ Reddick would look nice on the Lakers oh, team. Oh man, someone that's that, that's what we were talking about on on the last episode. Basically, that the Lakers need to find the three point shooters with a high field goal percentage. Unfortunately, there just aren't that many out there, and most of them are not free agents. That's it. But Reddick was- is one of them. I said I said to somebody earlier today when talking about this trade. I said, you know, the Lakers could really use Kyle Korver like six years ago. <laughs> they really could, and they might still get him, but it won't be six years ago. He, he could just show up. I mean, I don't think he's on contract yeah. for next year, right? Isn't his deal done? This is going to be some no, weird. Yeah, he could just show up. He could just walk into some threes with that team without question. I mean, look, you got. I'm sure Scottie Pippen might even be thinking about it right now. But at the same time. You know, I think the reality is for the Lakers, they're going to have this this opportunity, right? They they really can't rush the complementary parts. That that's one of my biggest criticisms of the Lakers from last offseason is after the team announced the LeBron James signing or or after that information became public, between Contavious Caldwell Pope, Rajon Rondo, and Lance Stevenson, Lakers blew something like 25, 26 million, like right away before the market had even settled or really kind of come together. <laughs> and I know Lance Stevenson was a later signing, but Rondo and, and KCP was immediate right after LeBron. It felt like a package deal, and I'm sure it was. And Rondo was shortly thereafter. So that's over $20 million. You're talking about $21 million between those two guys. So I think that the Lakers can wait on those complementary pieces and really just focus on that prime piece again, which I think should be the point guard, then I think the team's going to be in much better shape. Yeah, you could wait. for. I mean, the buyout market might be one of your best moves next year. You know, I mean, there have been some really interesting guys that have floated onto the buyout scene over the last couple of seasons. Uh, if you remember two years ago when Philly got half of their roster on the buyout market, I mean, that was like, that was a huge right. deal. They got Marco Bellinelli. That's a guy that could fit on a team like this. They got Arisana right. Iasova. Those right. guys are out there. So I'm 100% in agreement the, 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 with you. The Lakers will take advantage of all the salary uh, exceptions, contractual workarounds that they possibly can. And I don't think there's any question that they'll try and be as creative as they can. And, you know, look, the the reality is they're going to be able to sell the discount because of AD and LeBron. But at the same time, guys are going to have to take a little bit of a leap of faith. And that's going to be a lot easier if they get that third piece in place. So I, I just feel like it's it's a, it's going to be a lot better for the Lakers to to get that piece in place and Again, hopefully it's Kemba Walker. So this is a Lakers podcast, which means we also have to throw shade at the Celtics every once in a while. Uh, Ethan, can I ask you very honestly, without being sour grapesian, uh, why are the Celtics getting so much love? They have been an unmitigated disaster for the last year and a half, basically since Gordon Hayward got hurt, which is a very crummy thing to happen, but... He's been not good since returning. Kyrie Irving didn't enjoy himself there. The team was a wreck. There was this whole, like, Brad Stevens is the NBA coaching guru of the year, and then his guys just didn't even really want to play for him this season. Uh, Danny Ainge didn't take the plunge on this one. He did on the Kyrie Irving one. Uh, he didn't on the Kawhi Leonard thing. It. I know that they're going to be decent, but a lot of it feels like the best opportunities kind of passed them by. Am I... Am I just wearing purple and gold glasses or did the Celtics kind of miss a little bit of their chance with these last couple of, of you know, the Paul George potential, the the Kawhi potential? Should they have swung for the fences on those guys? Yes, is yeah. my short answer, <laughs> especially on Kawhi. I mean, that's rather obvious, right? Hindsight is always twenty twenty. But everything that we've heard on that front was that the Celtics could have built an offer for Kawhi around Jalen Brown. 
So you could have kept Jason Tatum. Oh my goodness. And you could have had Kawhi Leonard and Kyrie Irving. The team would be a favorite in the East, especially if you take the Ra- Kawhi off the Raptors in that case, obviously. Yeah, I think so. So look, I think Danny Ainge is a guy who, yeah, he's. it's fair to say he's won some trades, but he's also lost some. And like a lot of people in life, when you acquire something that you think is below, like you acquire something at what you consider to be below market value, we tend to overvalue those things. And so now the Celtics are looking at potentially paying Gordon Hayward and Al Horford a combined 60 plus million dollars for next season with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown still on the team, but Marcus Smart making $12.5 million and you know a whole lot of uncertainty because Terry Rozier is also a restricted free agent. So if they lose both Rozier and Irving, all of a sudden they're down to just Marcus Smart at point guard, and this team looks a lot thinner. It's going to be uh, an interesting path. Uh, I should say it should be interesting to see what path the Celtics take, um, but I wouldn't be surprised if sooner rather than later the Celtics try to go extremely young and sort of redo this thing around Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown rather than around Kyrie Irving, who looks like he's moving on, and, and Al Horford and, and Gordon Hayward. So take that, Celtics, is basically what we're saying. I mean, you know, it's, it's just nice that for once. It's funny, even when the Lakers do something that is uh, seemingly a massive victory, it's still somehow they, they did it wrong, such as the Lakers' tax in the NBA world, and Twitter is a, is a, is a cruel and unforgiving place. Uh, but it does feel like things have trended in the wrong direction here for the Celtics, and, you know, it's a Lakers podcast, so we got to rub it in their faces a little bit. Uh, Ethan, I'm so freaking excited for you to be hosting this show. I'm so freaking excited for it to be in the LeBron AD Lakers era. Uh, we're going to have some fun over here. Yeah, man, let's do it. Purple and gold the whole way. And as far as Anthony Davis is concerned, you know, I think Los Angeles will embrace his unibrow. He will probably have a lot of uh, waxing places trying to come after him with a sponsorship <laughs> deal. But that unibrow is so marketable, and I think it's going to be on the sides of buses and on uh, park benches and all sorts of things coming all around the city. So look out for that because I'm all pretty excited about it. We are all very excited about it. Um, I guess I'll, I'm going to do one more sign-off here, and then the next one will belong to you, good sir. Uh, Dan Baspris, Ethan Noroff, the Hoopball Lakers podcast, part two, the Anthony Davis trade. Obviously, as any more information pops up, we will bring it to you uh, right here on the show. Have a lovely conclusion to your weekend, everybody. What a time to be a Laker fan. So long. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.